25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, let's go. Hour two of the show. <laughs> I'm a poet and don't know it. I get a rhyme every time. We're off and running here. Hour two in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get with Farm Bureau Insurance. You can be a part of the show. Call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. I'll give it to you again later if you don't already have it. Give me a call. love to hear your voice today. I posed this question earlier. Should, should Joe Burrow, the LSU quarterback, consider doing what Eli Manning did back in, what was it, 2004, and basically say, I'm not playing you know, for San Diego in that case. In this case, it would be Cincinnati. I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's debate that, shall we? Tell me what you think. Good move, bad move? Now we'll see where it goes. You can text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage, a great Mississippi company. It is the best. You can find it in grocery stores throughout the Southeast. Look for the country pleasing brand. It's that big red hog. Y'all see me wearing the hats? Check them out. But first, we just got a link to some information for you to file away in the future. SEC Media Days. Listen, let me get a little SEC music going on. Look at there. Does that get you going? College football on ESPN. You know, this is uh, <laughs> this is like the ESPN college football music from back when Ron Franklin used to call the games. Before he smarted off to Holly Rowe and they ran him off. All right, so are you in a football mood? Here you go. We have in our hands, it was released today, the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, just literally seconds ago tweeted the link. We have the list, the dates, and the times for SEC football media days this coming summer. Now, that's a ways off, certainly. And for me as a media member, Roger, I better start saving up. Dad, gum, get a sponsor. Did I ever tell you what it cost to go and do the show there last year? No, how much? How much did it cost? Well, I'm I'm not going to put it out on Front Street. Let me just tell you this. What's the, I mean? Is it the hotel that's so expensive? Well, it's not just that. 
which it is expensive. I mean, you get a little bitty, teeny tiny discount for being a, a media member there covering the event. It was the the cost of reserving a spot and an internet line for the whole week to do the radio show there. Oh. An exorbitant amount of money I'm charged for reserving that right during the week. As well, I mean, like right down to the tables and chairs I'm charged for. So, like, if now this was a special sponsor for that week. Well, (laughs) anybody out there? (laughs) Hello. Well, we're going to do it. We give you our phone number several times an hour. Here's the issue, though. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's do this because I want to discuss this with you, Roger. And honestly, listener feedback might be a good thing. It's not that I don't want to go cover SEC Media Days. It's just you look at it and you go, well, should I? Because I'm not a newspaper writer. I'm not doing television. It's radio. And radio has its, you know, its sound. We got to hear it, man. Well, that means we need to, if I want to make the trip over there, spend the week, I got to have access to people, you know, which we do. But but I'm going to come back to it. First, they just put out the list for SEC Media Days 2020. Yeah, hang on. Ole Miss fans, you want to know when Lane Kiffin's talking, and state fans, you want to know about Mike Leach. First of all, the dates will be July 13th through the 16th. That's a Monday through a Thursday. It is a four-day event. It used to be two days, and then it got expanded to three. And now it's four. July 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. Monday through Thursday. That is that is right smack dab in the middle of the month of July, obviously. But it's, it's not. It's the second full week. See, the 1st of July, July 1st, will be on a Wednesday. That means this year, Roger, July 4th is on a Saturday. So the question is, are people going to get off work on the 3rd? <laughs> Because if, if it was on a weekday, we're getting off work. But now that it's on a Saturday, I don't know. That's a good point. You know, so um, this will be the second full week, but the third partial week of the month of July this year. And that's the dates for Media Days. Now, here's who's going to go when. For SEC Media Days in July, on that first day, the Monday, it'll be Dan Mullen, Ed Ogeron, and Eliah Drinkwitz. One of these things, not like the other. Dan Mullen of Florida, Ed Orgeron, LSU, and Elia Drinkwitz of Missouri, the new guy. Then on Tuesday, July 14th, Georgia, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt will be Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops, Lane Kiffin, and Derek Mason. Let me just tell you something right now. I don't know if they flip a coin. I don't know how they come up with who goes when. But you look at that right there. And without question, now the the SEC Media Days event this year is in Atlanta. So, you know, Georgia. But look, Kirby Smart, snoozer. Mark Snoops, pinch me, wake me up. Derek Mason, who? And Lane Kiffin. They put three guys around Lane Kiffin, including they put Lane Kiffin in the the first afternoon slot on that Tuesday of Media Days, he's going to have the show all to himself. The headliner. No question. And here's the thing. Kirby Smart's won more, got a bigger job, making more money, signing 
more five stars and will play in the SEC title game long before Lane Kiffin will or ever will as a head coach at Ole Miss. Who knows? But nobody cares. Lane Kiffin's more interesting. <laughs> he's just more interesting because he's Lane Kiffin. And look, that's the weird thing about Lane Kiffin. It's not because he fires everybody up or like what he says. It's just something about the guy. <laughs> but anyway, he's going to get it to himself on the Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, listen to this lineup. Wednesday, July 15th of SEC Media Days. Nick Saban of Alabama. Sam Pittman of Arkansas. Mike Leach, Mississippi State. And Jeremy Pruitt, Tennessee. Again, the event in Atlanta. It's not in Hoover and Birmingham like it normally is. So you won't have as big a contingent of Alabama fans waiting in the lobby because it's not in a hotel anyway when it's in Atlanta. But they did the same thing to Lane Kiffin on Tuesday that they're doing to Mike Leach on Wednesday. The difference is that he's Leach is there the day Saban's there. And Sam Pittman of Arkansas, who will go right before Mike Leach, is also a new coach, but is entertaining. He's a he's a neat guy. But what they did, they took the two busiest days. There's only two days at SEC Media Days that are like the busiest days where you have four teams and four coaches on. That's the middle, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday. And on each of those busiest days, right in the middle of media days, they put Lane Kiffin in one afternoon slot and put Mike Leach in the other. Folks, you can look at the lineup and without this is no doubt. This is not a conspiracy theory of any kind. This is a fact. The leaders of the SEC looked at it and said, the two guys that every media person there is looking forward to the most are Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. We're putting one at 2 o'clock on the one busy day, and we're putting the other one at 2 o'clock on the next busiest day. And that's what they did. And then the last day of SEC Media Days will be July 16th, that Thursday, and you're going to have Gus Malzahn, Will Muschamp, and Jimbo Fisher. Lord help them. The people that stay there, Lord help them. If I go, Roger, to cover SEC Media Days this year and do the show there, I will not be staying for that Thursday. I'll come on home after Mike Leach is done on Wednesday. Now, back to the conundrum. Roger, I told you, so... They just charge you just an unbelievable amount of money to go over there and do your show. And you're like paying for reserving your spot. You're paying for the use of internet. You're paying for the use of a t- rental, three-day or four-day rental of a table and, and two chairs, those cost, and you know things like that for your guests. Is this the hotel doing that, or is that the, the conference? It's the conference. Now, here's oh, the like thing, they though. need the money. Oh, well, man. well, you say the hotel, but the thing is, Roger, it could be it could be basically the hotel charges the conference X amount and the conference then makes up that cost by then charging because the hotel staffs are one who's putting out the table and chairs. I mean, do they not want to encourage encourage rather than discourage mm. people to come? Okay, you are hitting on it, sir. You are asking all the right questions. I had a little bulb go off in my head when you said it. I believe that we live in an era right now where part of the 
exclusivity of the cost for a, you know for a radio show to go to these things is because not everybody can afford it or will afford it, Roger. It does cut down. I mean, well, everybody's got a website says they're a journalist now. Right. Yeah. Okay, Some and I'm not impugning any of them. Some of them actually do good stuff, but you know. Uh, uh, okay, it's, and it's a vast wasteland. <laughs> and podcast versus broadcast. Yeah. Okay. And when the the event is at let's say at the Winfrey Hotel there in Hoover, I mean they have Radio Row, but I mean there's only so many spots. Even last year with every square inch of that hallway that they call Radio Row taken up, the tables and chairs for some radio shows spilled out into the Galleria Mall. That's how many were there. And if you made it free or less of a cost, you'd have even more. So that maybe there's, you know, something to that. Now, they, this will be the second time that they have taken SEC Media Days to Atlanta. Two years ago, they did it, and I didn't go. Obvious reasons. But two years ago, I didn't go in that July, that particular July. All right? The thing is, Roger, people came back with you know feedback from that event that they had the coaches and stuff over at the College Football Hall of Fame there near the conference center. So that's where, like, the podiums and the conference rooms where the media were set up asking questions and as we're doing all the television stuff, that was at the College Football Hall of Fame. But you had to go outside, down the sidewalk, and into some conference room, uh, conference center room to find where they had, quote-unquote, radio row, but it wasn't a row. It's a big room with all the tables and radio setups for each individual station around the wall. Now, to someone listening at home, they don't care. I don't care where you are. Just do the show. And I get that. Yeah, but you don't have that channel of p- people coming by you like a river. Exactly. So the only ambient noise you have going on around you is the the re- reverberations in the room of other radio shows happening. And there's you don't actually have a hallway where these coaches and these players are walking right by you anyway. And so there was some negative feedback about it. They probably rent you some of those partitions like they have in the office. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Like you have your own cubicle. For $1,000 more. (laughs) Yeah. SEC, we're struggling. Well, and, you know, I don't know. So from, from the perspective of the listeners of my show and of this show, I just wonder... Um, you know, I kind of feel like I ought to be there first Maybe year. You could, you could be like a, you know, a reporter on site for multiple shows and maybe uh, make some money that way. Yeah. Uh, we could do that. Um, just be there and, and call back in, you know, yeah. people could hear. And I even had the thought of, okay, so let's just say, and in, in this setup in Atlanta, they do have it separated. Let's say. You know, 100 yards down the sidewalk is the entrance to the College Football Hall of Fame where they're actually doing media days. But we got to walk back outside, go another 100 yards down here to where we are for radio, and therefore it's hard to get coaches or whatever to come sit down live. If that's the case. Now, I don't I don't know. I'm going to check into all that. But if that's the case, then, you know, it might be, Roger, that if we're on and we're there, and let's say I'm on the air and, you know, stuff's going on down at the Hall of Fame – Instead of wearing the headset on with you, I might just dial you up on the phone, walk down there, and do the show down there, you know, and just check in from the phone. I mean, there's ways to do it, 
Actually, we can uh, loan you a unit that they, you can, it's like a big calculator looking thing, which you can put it on a belt loop and walk around. And walk around with it? Yeah. We might try that. Yeah. Like put it on a backpack? Yeah. We go all nerd out and just like have, like wear a hard hat with antennas sticking off of it. Like in the catalog, they had a guy (laughs) who was in our bike race and he was covering the bike race and he just had it sitting up on his handlebars and just like a bracket. Really? Yeah. Now you're talking. You say we own that piece of equipment? We own several of those. Several? That's how we do our football games. Okay. Well, we're going to do And we won't be doing football games right that week, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Um, On-air production meeting. On-air production meeting. I hope that helps you make your decision. There you go. Well, that's the thing. Um, If there's any – well, I guess what I'm saying is if you're listening to the show, if there's any feedback you would – you feel compelled to give me about whether or not we ought to be there with the show. Y'all let me know, honestly, like we'll figure out the cost and it might be that on a special event like that, we might get, uh, you know, some extra sponsorship stuff worked up to cover that cost and maybe go do it. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll figure out a way to do it one way or the other. I just kind of feel like got to be there the first go round for Lane Kiffin and for Mike Leach at this thing. All right. Uh, back over here to the, text line the country please and text at 885 espn or 885-3776 you know earlier uh casper texted in about rumors and he said and he hates when state fans start spreading rumors like wildfire and i was asking what specifically or whatever and he's he texts back and he said i'll just say you have fans calling jt glass boy so, yes, it's about JT. Well, here's what I would say to you is I want to see it. And I want to know who said it and who is saying it. Um, a lot of times we talk about rumors. Okay, so there are rumors where someone may start a rumor about a particular player being injured and it spreads like wildfire. There are also rumors about things that are being said that aren't actually being said. So I want to see it. If somebody types that, if, it, if you're talking about a message board or if it's a social media post and people are calling someone weak or glass boy because they're hurt, I want to see it. Don't just text me and tell me people, quote, are saying this. Fans are saying this. Please send me the specific example because we'll put it on Front Street and we'll light into them. So send me the link, and if you've if it's a digital thing, a social media thing, or a message board thing, then you obviously have seen it and know how to go get me the link and text it to me. If it's you heard someone say this over the water cooler, then take the S off the end of that word and just make it fan. You said when when a you know state fans start spreading rumors, then just say fan if you just heard one person say it. But let's don't take something that is one place. And, uh, you know, dip a big, broad paintbrush in it and then slap the whole fan base with it. So give me a give me an example. Where is it? Where is it? And who said it? Find me a tweet. All right. Nickelback on the country pleasing text says two of Louisville's best players are not playing right now. So they aren't the team they are going to be. And we're talking about Louisville baseball losing to Wright State. And that's the thing. I mean, early season baseball will absolutely fool you all the time. 
I mean, Louisville was ranked number one in the country to start the year. They are one in three right now. <laughs> they lost two at Ole Miss and lost last night to Wright State. But if you want to go ahead and write them off, do it. You want to go like bet money somewhere, hard earned money that Louisville is not any good. Go ahead. But I wouldn't dare do it. This early season baseball will fool you big time. I remember one time State had a team that started the year like, this is like 15 years ago. They had a team that started 18-0 and one year. They were ranked number one in the country. And by the end of the year, not only did they not even did they not make the the NCAA tournament, they didn't even make the SEC tournament. The, the early season stuff will fool you. Go back and look at early season 2013, that team that played for Mississippi State, that played UCLA for a national championship in Omaha. And go back and look at their early season. Go back and look in 2016, the SEC championship team with Dakota Hudson on it. And look at some of the early season stuff there that people were saying that they went through. It, it will just... Early season college baseball... Never get too up or too down about any team. All right. A little ways to go here in hour number two. Stick around. some fun now about to have some fun Roger are you looking at the text line no I already oh. pre- I, I just been holding this button over here waiting to press it oh <laughs> I just can't stand I just have to press this button here we go on this day February the 20th 1983 the 200th episode of the Jefferson Moving up. All right, put your hands together. That's one of the better things. No doubt about it. One of the best ever. George now, did and you Weezy. watch a lot of that? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm confused. When was he Archie Bunker's neighbor in that universe? See, that would have been 70s. That would have been before he moved on up? Yeah, after? before he moved on up. That's right. Okay. That's right. 
Ah, uh, yes, the Jeffersons on air for, I think it was 11 seasons across 10 years, 75 to 85. What a show, man, the Jeffersons from 1975 to 1985. And you may or may not remember, Roger, the, the first time I ever heard anybody say, you big honky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. My story about that is there was a period of time when I was really small uh, around, you know, two, three preschool. We lived in Prattville, Alabama early before moving away. And then later in life, we moved back. And so this would have been this would have been late 70s. Yeah, late 70s. We lived in uh, a little, you know, trailer park just down the road from the church that my dad pastor, which is right across the street from the high school football stadium in downtown Prattville. And uh, the story is that I, I don't, I, I vaguely remember it as a little small child, I, but what I remember is hearing my dad and mom tell this story over the years, Roger, but they brought me in from daycare one day and they had bought me an Oscar the Grouch inflatable punching bag and had it inflated and sitting in the kitchen floor waiting on me. They're going to bring little Matt in and see how his he reacts to getting an Oscar the Grouch punching bag. And they said that we walked in and that little Matt, about three years old, stopped and looked at it and said, what the H-E-double-L is that? (laughs) (laughs) And they were, you know, just flabbergasted. And they, according to them, they interrogated me until I admitted I had heard that phrase and that word on the Jeffersons. (laughs) (laughs) George Jefferson said it all the time, <laughs> and he did. And so there for a couple of years, I had to stop watching the Jeffersons oh, man. because it was a bad influence on me. I liked my little uh, uh, punchy bag. I had a Bozo the Clown. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's a good one. Hey, uh, so on that show, the Jeffersons, you remember uh, the housekeeper, right? You Florence. Had Florence. Right. right, George and Weezy, but you had Florence. Branched out on her own, I think, in 224. All right, two, two, she she played the character of Florence, the housekeeper. is a huge star on the Jeffersons, and it went off the air in 85. And immediately spun off into her own show as Mary Jenkins, played by Marla Gibbs, Florence, the housekeeper, on this show. You remember? It was 227. 227, Roger. That's exactly right. And uh, And she could sing. Oh, this is her singing it. Yeah. Was she on the the Jefferson's theme as well? I don't think she was, no. But she did sing the theme song to this show, 227, her own show. Like you say, it was a kind of a, it wasn't a spinoff of the Jeffersons, but her character kind of was in a way. She's a huge star in the 80s. Marla yeah, I think Gibbs. she's also a, a star of stage and screen. A lot of those folks yeah. in those sitcoms were. Yep. I mean, no place, child. Yes, Lord of mercy. Such a great show. And it was on for five years from 85 to 90. So see, for that entire decade of the 80s, 
Marla Gibbs was a huge star. She was either Florence on the Jeffersons or she was Mary Jenkins on 227. So had a little fun with you. Had to do it. Saw it today. I'll start it with the 200th episode of that show, The Jeffersons, on this day in 83. Okay. Back over here to the country-pleasing text. The Real Brian says, Matt, explain to me how that would work. Joe Burrow telling them no, he didn't want to go to Cincinnati. Brian, I don't know exactly how they pull that stuff off. I just know that two former quarterbacks have done it. One being John Elway and the other being Eli Manning. Elway, I think, going to be drafted by Indianapolis or was or something like that, or the Colts, and just basically said, uh-uh, I ain't doing it. There's details to it. Go back. They did a documentary, one of those 30 for 30 documentaries about that 1983 draft class of he and Jim Kelly and Dan Marino and all those guys. And you can find the details there. I don't remember all of it. But we know the Eli Manning thing was that San Diego took him. And I think they had the Mannings had let San Diego know ahead of the draft. He ain't playing there. If y'all take him, he's not playing there. He's not doing it. I don't know what the reasons were. I don't know if it went back to something with Peyton Manning when he when they took um Ryan Leaf instead of Peyton Manning. I don't know. Maybe, 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 but he winds up in a better situation with the Giants, it seemed like it to me anyway. So they did it. That's all I'm saying is I know it happened twice. And there was this article out there this week where Steve Bartkowski, I don't, we, you probably don't remember him a lot, don't, but he goes back to the 70s. He was the number one overall pick in the 1975 draft. The Heisman winner, Steve Bartkowski. He did an interview where he, he apparently was a speaker at some event, and he's saying all this out loud that even though the Burrow family's from Ohio, his advice to them would be to pull an Eli Manning and tell the Bengals, uh-uh, don't do it. We ain't going. Not playing for Cincinnati. I mean, he's just open about it, that they're not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. Uh, Carson Palmer is, I think, someone who said the same thing, the former Cincinnati quarterback. Basically, the Bengals aren't a great organization. You don't want to go there. <laughs> So I I don't know how, but I think it is a possibility. Miko Show me the money. That's it. Yeah, they figured that out. You, you know, Cincinnati the first overall pick this year, and they don't have any any desire to trade it. Miko on the country pleasing text, Matt. I think Mike Leach's press conferences will heavily rival the old ball coaches. That would be money well spent. Country pleasing could sponsor you and the show. Well, they already do. We're gonna go. We're going one way or the other. We just got to figure it out. That's all it is to it, Miko. Thank you. Take your own table. <laughs> <laughs> My own chairs. Roll up in there with your stadium yeah. chair. <laughs> or like you say, just get, take mobile equipment, do it via Wi-Fi, and to heck with reserving a spot. Exactly. EJ said, you are one of the most respected members of the media at MSU. In other words, you think I ought to be there, huh? The real. This is somebody on the text line who has named the real unnamed texter. Says that in regards to critical of JT Ginn or calling him Glass Boy or something. The real unnamed texter on the text line says, "I heard Bo Bounds say it." No, you didn't. You did <laughs> Bo not. Hear, that <laughs> you did not hear Bo say it. He didn't say that. Let me telling that lie on the country pleasing text line. We'll wrap <laughs> it up with you. Kill. <laughs> right. Starting rumors. 
Ain't no way he said that. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, let's see here. Country Pleasing Text, Nickelback says, I know that in early season baseball, things happen, but if you play a team like Alcorn State and they give you 12 free passes and commit four errors, you need to win by more than one in extra innings. Well, sure. Well, sure. But I, I think you know the, it's the overall judgment of a team based on the early part of the year because it just doesn't, this stuff isn't nearly as important as what teams are doing in May. And uh, you got to get hot in May and June. Play your best baseball then. You don't have to play your best now. I mean, that's kind of the – it's just the overall point that I was making. Uh, Darren on the text line says, Yeah, don't don't sleep on early season slumps. <laughs> it's, it's, that was hard for me to say. Um, say it five times fast. Don't sleep on early season slumps. Just look at the Nationals last year. Jason says that he had a Flintstones punching bag. I think I had one of those too, Jason, as a kid in the late 70s, early 80s. The real unnamed texter says he did say it, and Carla Danger says, Matt, it's true. Um, Bo acted like he had some groundbreaking news about Ginn. I heard it myself. Well, I mean, but you had a text last night. I mean, that's the thing. You had a, a not a text, but a tweet last night from someone who covers Major League Baseball for ESPN that he just put it out there on Twitter that he had sources telling him that JT was out indefinitely with arm soreness. Um, you know, he put it out there. I, I quoted that tweet early in the show. So that was last night. And then all of us here today, it's just a matter of, you know, are there any details? And in talking to people and stuff behind the scenes, I think there's something to it, certainly, that he's going to miss time. And, you know, indefinitely even kind of sounded like the right word. But the specifics of what's causing all that, I don't think anybody really knows. And I'm sure there'll be an official statement of some sort, how much detail will be in there. Yeah, we'll see. If you can just not have him on the Friday and yeah, surprise. That's right. <laughs> well, and... Um, I guess you could. Well, I mean, you could, but I, I don't that think that's going to happen. That just causes more speculation. That's right. That's right. All right, let's see here. One more. He says, tell Matt, this is Casper, tell Matt that Barkowski didn't win a Heisman. He was one of the top QBs that year and the first pick of the draft, but the Heisman winner was Archie Griffin in 74 and 75. Okay, so he didn't win it. But he was up the list. Gotcha. You know, I could say that I've got an excuse for not knowing that. I wasn't born yet, but that would be a hollow line to throw out there on the radio. So I won't do it. Be about like calling somebody glass boy. I won't do it. All right. Uh, I got to say, I was there for most of the show this morning. I didn't hear that term. He didn't do that. Or anything kind of negative about. No. 
other than you know concern about the effect it might have on the season. Yeah, if it that's right. He didn't yeah. do that. That's yeah. that's silly. And that's I all mean, we do is speculate. You know, somebody. I think Carlin and some others just misheard that part of it. He didn't call him Glass Boy. That just didn't happen. Um, Fulton, Mississippi. That hits close to home for Jason, who always texts us on the country pleasing text. Fulton, Mississippi. Fulton officials are still searching for the perfect spot to install a sign designating the city as the home of the World Series champion, Brian Dozier, the former Southern Miss Golden Eagle. That's him. Officials would like the four-foot by eight-foot sign to be installed in a highly visible spot as near to I-22 and the off-ramp as possible. I was going to suggest they do it over on the bridge. (laughs) Right on top of the bridge, man. Yeah, the thing is, you don't want to distract somebody and they go tumbling off down into the Tintom Waterway. See, that's the thing. They get all that traffic between Memphis and Birmingham. On You know, they say I-22. It's Interstate 22, technically, but we all still call it Highway 78. (laughs) Because that's just what we've been calling it forever. But it is Interstate 22. Up there... in that area of the state is the only place I've ever seen this sign. No Jake breaking. Yeah. And I had to have that explained to me. Apparently that's a way of yeah. jamming down on those gears. And that's it. Makes an awful racket. Yes. And you hear it all the time. You know, is that that sound where you hear the engine revving up and then, okay. No, it's just, if you get anywhere near a highway, just every now and then you hear these big trucks and it goes, Wah! you know, and it's like awful, but yeah, they don't want you to do that in Fulton because it's a quiet, peaceful community. <laughs> Look. Home of the World Series winner. Big four-lane highway coming through Fulton. They got a water tower right there by the exit with the uh, Indian mascot logo, whatever you want to call it, painted on there for the IH, IAHS Indians, the Itawamba Agricultural High School Indians. You got ICC over there. They are the ICC Indians of Itawama County, but the big four lane. So what you want people coming in, traveling West, like they're coming from Birmingham to see it. Or do you want people who are traveling East, like coming from Tupelo and Memphis to see it? Otherwise Fulton officials, you're going to have to have two signs front and back and put it in the medium. <laughs> now that would solve it. One, <laughs> one sign front and back. As Roger said, stick it in the media. Uh, Roger, we had a racing story earlier this week. I thought I would share this with you. There are a lot of people here who like to talk about going fast. On Sunday, a man in Wisconsin named Kurt Anderson attempting to drive the fastest rocket engine ice drag racer in the world Yes, I said ice drag racer. He totaled it. The sled. It's an ice sled. The man was going 241 miles per hour. And he crashed his rocket sled at that speed. On an ice drag race strip. Crashed it. Totaled it. And when it came to a stop, he got up, walked out of it, and he's fine. 
The Arctic Arrow was the name of the sled, left behind a trail of steam after taking off on Manawa, Wisconsin's Frozen Bear Lake on Sunday. 241 miles an hour top speed. Flipped upside down. One man who was watching it said, I'm 81 years old. I've been building rockets since I was 13. I've never seen anything like it. Totaled it, flipped it, spun out, and got up and walked out of it. Well, there's, he didn't run into anything, though, right? He just didn't run into anything. Came he just, to a stop. just skidded forever. And the thing is, he got it up to 241, and the last world record is 247. He didn't quite get there. Here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Jake listening in Jackson. What's up, Jake? Hello, Jake. Hey, guys. What's up? Jason, I'm enjoying listening to y'all show. I was just calling in uh, wondering what y'all's thoughts were on who you think will have the best quarterback in the SEC next year. Who's going to have the best? Hmm. I, I think my connection's bad. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the call. What about that? What about that uh, kid? The uh, what about Mac Jones at Alabama? What about him? What about KJ. KJ Costello, Mississippi State. I haven't seen him play for state yet. It's hard to say. You got some newcomers. Hmm. Who's, Who's the, the best? next Joe Burrow? Who is the next Joe Burrow? Who is the next Joe Burrow? Man, I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to catch lightning in a bottle? Well, and it's just one of those things. You look at it and you go, well, hmm. <clears throat> Fromm's gone. Tua's gone. Burrow's gone. You got Bo Nix at Auburn. Eh? It may be Mac Jones at Alabama. Kid's good now. Good. Really good. And he's at Alabama. His number's going to be through the roof because he's throwing it to four NFL wide receivers and NFL tight end, handing it off to two NFL running backs. Saying, hood, hood, behind an NFL center and guard and tackle. <laughs> right? That's what they say about Alabama's got two of the best teams in the SEC. They do. Jason's getting all technical on us as well, Roger, on the, uh, on the country-pleasing text. He says, a double sign won't work in the medium. Wherever they put that, it'll be too late for one direction of travel. Next exit, next exit after Fulton are Tremont to the east and Pepperdown to the west on 78. Right at the Peppertown exit right there. Midway Marine, my friend Guy, who has the big boat dealership out there. Yep. They used to sell fisher boats and stuff. Now they sell Tracker and Ranger and all that. They big time. At the Peppertown exit. You know all about Itawama County. Or as they say, Etowama County. All right, that wraps it up on this Thursday. We'll do it again on Friday, tomorrow's game day for college baseball again. And we'll have baseball in the middle of the show tomorrow. The state's game got moved up to one o'clock, I believe, because it's gonna be freezing cold at the ballpark, but at least we'll get baseball again. Plenty more for you tomorrow. Same time, same place. I'll see you then. See ya! You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.